Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bottomless Coffee Podcast. I'm Jerome Evans, all over the internets at, at Jerome T. Evans. And today we are talking with my friend and fashion designer to at least one star, Yvonne Bilipsak. How are you, Yvonne? Welcome. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm great. How are you, Jerome? Oh, I'm doing really, really well. Um, obviously, like I've done a few of these episodes with friends now and i'm always like effervescent i feel like during the episodes and like a little gushy so forgive me <laughs> i think i'll be the same <laughs> okay good so what we want to do on this episode is talk through who you are how you became a fashion designer your brand and your future but first i have a curveball question okay. that i actually do not know the answer to okay. uh do you remember how we met. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we met um, through Will Ramser, I believe. I, I'm, I'm thinking, like, it was part of that group of Atlanta gays. <laughs> yes, William is such a wonderful connector. And so, um, and a great podcast guest. <laughs> podcast I listened to was amazing. So, yeah. yeah, I believe that. I believe that. Um, so, okay, if it was at William's thing, um, it's probably a party. Most likely. Uh, did you dress up for that party that you could recall? I definitely recall dressing up at parties for Will. Um, but I don't remember if the one that I met you at, we were dressed up or not. Most likely. Most likely. Let's go with yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So for William, at that time, it was like, oh, this is kind of me exploring fashion design a little bit. Was it similar for you? Because for me, it was like, I'm going to dress up and I'm going to get drunk. <laughs> I think it was like more like you. I was like, I don't really care for, you know, the way I'm dressing and it's more about the partying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. So we met at a party. That um, is confirmed by my Google photos. I looked okay. back to the very beginning and I was like, okay, we're at a party. So that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you live in Atlanta. I do. Um, back to Atlanta for the past three years after four years in New York. Hmm. Um, and I lived in Atlanta, obviously, before for seven years where we, where we met. Um, but yeah, back in Atlanta for the past three years. Uh, you have a French accent. Yes. <laughs> but you're American. Uh, yes, I now have dual citizenship as of two months ago, something like that. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Uh, but when did you move to the United States? So I moved to the U.S. Uh, when I was 17. So I'm now 31. So it's been oh. four years. <laughs> um, I moved here with my family for my father's business and uh, moved to Marietta, Georgia to start. And then we made our way down to Atlanta and got to meet you. <laughs> what were your first 17 years like in France? Um, Growing up, so I was I grew up in Nice, uh, southeast, close to you know, the water and Italy. So uh, I had a really beautiful childhood. Um, people go there for vacation, so you know it was like really pretty to grow up. And I didn't really realize how pretty it was until you know I had to like go live somewhere else. Um, at the age of thirteen, <laughs> I moved to another side of France, which was also beautiful, but not by the water. And I was pretty upset about uh, living there. Uh, but yeah, no, I had. A great childhood and upbringing and was excited to move to the U.S. and really excited about high school. You know, I had watched, um, this is going to be, I'm going to regret saying this, but <laughs> I watched High School Musical a lot before moving to the U.S. 
and when I moved, I um I was really excited because um our mascot was the Wildcats, just like in High School Musical, and I really <laughs> I really was excited about that. So yeah. Okay, so <laughs> so you're a fashion designer now. And you weren't really thinking about fashion design at the parties that William Ramser was throwing. But in, in France, you were watching High School Musical a lot. So were you interested in like musical theater at that time? Or do you know what you wanted to be when you grew up, when you were growing up? Interesting. Yeah, no. So at that point, I wasn't interested in um, musical costume design. Um, I just think I liked, you know, the, the dancing and the singing and the energy that the U.S. was showcasing, I was like, oh, like this is way more fun than high school in France. So I want to be, I want to be there, you know. I want to, I want to be part of that. Um, but to go back to your question, yeah, like I didn't know yet that I wanted to do fashion design. I always knew I wanted to do something creative, um, you know, grab painting and drawing, and um, I, I wasn't sure yet, but yeah, it, that came on a little later for sure. Uh. I'm I'm sticking with High School Musical for one more second. Can you sing? I've never heard you sing. Oh my god, I cannot sing. <laughs> <laughs> but dance. I've seen you dance. Yes, dance. Yeah. So fun. Love <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so then you you came you went to Marietta, mm -hmm. of all places. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, I felt honestly that was it was a good transition from France to the US, like being in the suburbs or big city, you know, that was a good way of easing your way into the American culture. Um, so I, I'm glad with the way it went. Yeah. Were you uh, an out gay person in France? No. So I already knew I was gay um, and kind of figured it all out. Like, you know, I was dating girls until I was maybe like. 15, 16, actually, yeah, like, I had a crush on a girl when I was 17 here in the U.S., uh, which was my last, my last girl crush, but <laughs> I, um, I wasn't out yet, so I had my first boyfriend at that high school uh, when I was about 17, 18, and wasn't out, didn't share that with my parents. They did get to meet him, though. He came to dinner with us, but they, they didn't know he was my boyfriend, <laughs> so I didn't hide him away from them, but... They just were not part of the whole feature. <laughs> so one reason why I'm curious about that is because just from my previous conversations with fashion designers, uh, their queer identity is expressed through fashion. Um, but you, I think, and you can correct me, identify almost maybe primarily, or maybe this is just the work that I know about of, that you've done um, as a female fashion designer. Is that, I'm seeing you nod. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. So I um I did mostly women so far. Uh, I did design a few men's pieces, and um, I did one for a a singer actually, um, actor for the show Hamilton, uh, the Broadway show. Ooh. They had a premiere here in Atlanta after you know the, the pandemic. Uh, they were able to finally have a, a little get together and have a little party uh, for the actors, and so he wanted me to design a top for him. So that was my first men's piece. Um, and then after that, I did um, a piece for a singer who was LA-based, uh, original, originally from Australia. Um, I also did uh, the shirt that he was wearing for his uh, opening night for his US tour. 
Um, and then I did a few pieces for some model friends in New York City and LA. So just, you know, a few pieces for male, but like mostly women. Yeah. <laughs> You, I feel like maybe you're a little humble when you describe your business because I'm <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> these are kind of a big deal. They, uh, yeah, it's it's exciting, but um, uh, yeah, I don't like the whole, I don't know, uh, I don't have the words, like not bragging, but like, I guess I don't want to make it sound more than what it is. I don't know. It's Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, is that... Uh, something that you think that you learned uh, growing up in France? Because that does not sound like an American thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely some culture differences yeah, between the two countries. So, yeah. <laughs> but I feel American too at this point, so I guess I should take more, you know, more, more of that part of the culture at this point. <laughs> so it does amuse me that while you were in France, you were interested in High School Musical, but you were not <laughs> interested in designing for musicals. And yet, you did design for someone who was going to Hamilton, yeah. you know, so you're like, I will design for the audience more yeah. so than yeah. <laughs> the, the actors themselves. Yeah. Um, but we really, like, went from A to Z and skipped over, like, the <laughs> thought process yeah. that got you interested in design at the first place. Because, you know, I'm, like, literally tracking your whole life. Yeah. And so far, little baby Yvonne is not interested in fashion design. Yeah. <laughs> He's just he's just finished dating uh, a girl in Marietta, Georgia. So what happened next? Yeah, so to backtrack a little bit, um, I have this childhood memory of uh, being at home with my mom, and she would she did dance. She was a dancer, you know, as a as a hobby with like two two other women, and they put on some shows uh, locally around Nice, and she made the costumes for. Uh, the three of them for the shows and so that was I guess my first experience with you know sewing and um, I saw her sketching so I would have my little piece of paper my little you know blue pen with her and kind of like mimic what she was doing and kind of draw my own sketches um, and so even though the desire of um, you know doing fashion design didn't come on until later I do think that it was ingrained in my mind really early on um, both my parents are creative uh, my father is an antique dealer he's always you know fixing like old beautiful objects and uh, we giving them new patinas and so it's working with hands a lot and my mom doing the you know the, the costumes um, so I think it was in there just kind of flourished a little later <laughs> very cool okay so you it, I'm not like hearing like uh the day of it's, it's not like that happened and you were like this is it this is my calling uh, I'm gonna do fashion design so like when what if you're, are you able to identify that moment? One. Yeah. Oh, okay, go ahead. No, oh, sorry, go ahead, sorry. Um, well, I, was, I had a question for if you were not able to, but you can, so. I think I can, yeah. So when it came down to, you know, going to college and sending all the college application, um, which was a hard process for somebody who just moved from France, you know, like it, it was so different than what I was supposed to do in France uh, as far as like, the application goes. Uh, and my parents were really supportive, but they were not really helpful as far as like figuring it all out. <laughs> so. Um, I did find SCAD in Atlanta, which is a uh, school of college and, uh, of art and design, and they're also based in Savannah. Um, and when it came down to talking to my parents about going there for design, it wasn't really an option. We just had moved to the U.S., and my parents wanted me to study something that was more serious. Um, and at that point, I had the desire to go, but the school tuition was just absurd, and that was the only option in Atlanta. 
And I didn't see myself moving to a different state because, you know, I already had moved to the U.S. I'm not about to move somewhere else. I'm trying to, you know, create my network and I have my friends. Uh, I had a boyfriend at the time. So I wasn't about to, you know, give all that up to go pursue fashion design. Um, so I was like, fine, like, as long as I'm in Atlanta, I'm happy with friends and I'll just go to school for business, I guess. And that's what I did. Um, but as I was in school for business, I, you know, I did have good grades and I did fine. But I always knew this was not... My heart wasn't into it. Like I didn't see myself working in the corporate world and try to climb the ladder. Like I was just in school just to have a reason to stay uh, in the US, pretty much. Like I was, as long as I was in school, I was allowed to be on a student visa. So I was like, this is working out for me. Like you know, I'm I'm here. I'm making it work. I'll, I'll see where this is taking me. Um, and just to wrap this subject, like as far as the school goes, like my first job out of college, even though it was business was in fashion. I moved to New York for um, a job in um, Soho, the edge of Tribeca. And it was for a French fashion brand of lingerie, a really expensive lingerie. <laughs> and so I became a account manager for that, uh, for that store, but I was also helping the store manager with a bunch of you know, events, managing the store, um, photo shoots, dropping off pieces to PR agencies on and on. So yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. I had no idea. And I feel like that experience would be really helpful to you in launching your own brand, um, which we will get to okay. in a second. <laughs> but you're in New, but you're in New York. You're an account manager for lingerie. That's fun. Um, yeah. You know, you get to see people in underwear all the time. I presume. <laughs> <laughs> it was women's wear, but <laughs> sure, you know, gender full, like Lucas was talking about. Yes. <laughs> But so, like, why did you move back to Atlanta then? Um, so after four years in New York, I did a lot of things that I wanted to do. Um, part of it was going back to school for fashion design, which I did at Parsons, a uh, new school. And this was only a certificate. So it was like a night classes after work, you know, like um, the certificate was just a way to give you insight into the industry and see, you know, show, show you like the basics and kind of get your foot in the door and see if you actually like it. Um, some people, you know, took the classes for fun and like, okay, like this is just a hobby. For me, it was way more serious. Like I would, I would go to class and uh, one of my professors was like, oh, we're going to make a jacket this semester, um, but just buy fabric that's, you know, fairly inexpensive because it's a hard process. And I showed up with like the most expensive yardage of fabric possible <laughs> that I could afford at the time. Um, it was a lot of beads and, and sequin, sequin and, uh, She's like, are you sure you want to, you know, you know, learn how to make a jacket with this? I was like, yeah, if I'm about to spend, like, you know, my semester on this project, like, it's going to count for something. <laughs> um, but so long story short, after, you know, four years in New York, um, working in the fashion industry, um, doing some modeling there. So I got to see the other side, you know, like working with designers, doing photo shoots and all that, uh, photographers, makeup artists, and then fashion design school. I was like, this is all great, but I'm, I'm not really focusing on, making my own brand happen like i'm spending too much time having fun and you know partying and going you know out of the state wherever you know like whatever is fun around new york city um so i decided to move back to atlanta to kind of focus on myself and and my brand like i, I knew that that would not really happen in new york there's too many distraction <laughs> yeah um i am in a place now where i would say like 10 years ago i would travel to new york like for a weekend and I'd come back just exhausted. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like there's so much to do all the time. And I really want to make the most of my experience. And 
uh now 10 years after that i'm like i'm not going to new york that place is <laughs> like i have things to do i cannot spend a week recovering from a quote-unquote vacation in new york <laughs> it is a really tiring place yeah. May, you will yeah you have to recover after work for sure <laughs> okay so um i'm really interested in exploring uh this brand that you've launched um but why don't we take a quick coffee break and do that. Right. Be right back. <laughs> okay, ready? Ready. And it's Philippe Zach, right? Am I pronouncing that properly? Yeah, so French way would be Philippe Zach, Polish way would be Philippe Chak. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, you're gonna you're gonna explain that to people on the podcast in two seconds. Ready? <laughs> Set. We are back on Bottomless Coffee Podcast, and I am with Yvonne Filipczak, who uh, has taken me through two different pronunciations of his name. We're going to go through both. But either way, the spelling is Y-V-A-N-N-F-I-L-I-P-C-Z-A-K. And so go to YvonneFilipczak.com or at Filon, Yvonne Filipczak on Instagram. Okay. Yvonne, you were just telling me there is a Polish way and a French way to say your name. Hit yeah. me with them. Growing up in France, uh, for teachers, you know, calling your name in school, I would always say Philippe Zak. And then the Polish way, which my name is, my last name is Polish, it's Philippe Jack. Um, so, yeah, I go with both. <laughs> How did your family get to France, if you know? So, my mom is French. My mom uh, is from, uh, from France originally. My father... He's from Poland and moved to London when he was 20 years old. Um, and then after a few years in London, moved to the south of France. I met my mom um, and dad me. <laughs> Your dad makes some moves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the third, third country, yeah. yeah. Well, fourth technically, but he wasn't in London for many years. But yeah, he was, he was in all the other ones for a while. <laughs> So drawing from his entrepreneurial experience as a store owner and from everything that you learned in your time in New York City, you launched a brand that I would love to hear about. So uh, tell me about it. Start with the name. All right. So it's my name. It's Ivan Flipzak or Ivan Flipzak, depending on the country. <laughs> um, I recently changed my label to just my first name, Ivan, just because of... Um, wanting to make it easier for people to find and remember and um, kind of rebrand after I've been launched about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, what was that launch experience like for you? So it was really exciting. Uh, it was um, it was a lot of work, you know, um, before actually doing the, the actual official launch. So in New York City, I had this idea, like I would see women carrying, you know, their yoga mats in the subway and going to fancy, you know, gyms like Equinox or fancy yoga classes uh, of other studios, dressed in Lululemon from head to toe and, you know, wearing all the Cartier bracelets. And then here was their, you know, their mat under the arms. Like, this is this is not adding up. Like, something needs to be worked around this. Like, something needs to be fixed. Um, and so I came up with the design of a um, luxury yoga mat bag uh, in leather. Um, and even though I went to school a little bit for, you know, sewing, pattern making, um, and other skills. I didn't know how to work leather. Like this is a really tough craft. 
So I went to a party where most of the people at the party were FIT students, and I was a Parsons student, and we made that really clear that it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's the difference? So we we joke that um, the FIT students will be the one sewing, you know, seamstress, uh, the work of the people that go to Parsons. So it's like this little competition that, you know, just goes on head to head, and like, you know, it's just, it's all just good humor. Yeah. But I was the only kid from Parsons there, and I was like, okay, like, I'm that number, so I have to be nice. <laughs> uh, but long story short, I met this guy uh, who was uh, in school at FIT for leather, um, you know, leather craft and leather design. And I was like, oh my gosh, your work is amazing. He showed me some boots that he made uh, in picture on his phone. And I was like, this is really, like, talented. Like, I would love to talk to you about an idea I have. So we exchanged information, uh, met back up for coffee, and... Um, we decided to, you know, to work on the bike together. So he, he loved the idea. We went to source some uh, leather together in the fashion design district in New York City. Um, and he gave it a try. You know, I gave him the dimension of what I had in mind and the, the, the drawings. And even though he's really skilled, that was a really hard shape to make come to life. Like the bag is a tubular, like it's a big tube, you know, to shape, to have the same shape as the, as the yoga mat once it's rolled up. And so he directed me towards one of his uh, FIT professors, um, who also generously agreed to meet with me for coffee. <laughs> yeah. And we read it up pretty well. So like he was able to make the sample for me. Um, and um, from that, directed me towards a small atelier in New York City that works on leather. Actually, sorry, New Jersey. So it's about 20 miles away from New York City. And yeah. Um, and through that, I you know started a production. So I, I went to New Jersey, met with the the family-owned little atelier. So it was a daughter and a father with a few people working for them. Uh, we did the, the the leather selection together. So um, they made a special leather for me. So like we ordered from Italy like custom colors leather. Uh, it took a while for them to get to the U.S. And then once the leather got here, we got the production started. And here I was with, you know, my first order of bags at my house. <laughs> uh, I created a website around that so I could, you know, launch and launch my brand with my first accessory. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I had no idea about <gasps> everything that went into those bags. Um, what I really first noticed is that the, the bags are gorgeous. Thank you gorgeous um you can see them on the website just scroll down a little bit um i think right now as of this recording if you go to the website you're gonna see kind of some boobs um <laughs> scroll past the boobs and you'll get to the bags <laughs> and um one is a, a color that i've really started to come to like associate uh, with myself is this like gorgeous bright orange. It's um, really eye-catching. Like there's literally no way that you're gonna walk anywhere with that bag without someone being like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> what, where is that bag from? I, <laughs> I need to know. It's really gorgeous. And, but I, so similarly, I also sell merchandise. I sell mugs. And if you go to bottomlesscoffeeshow.com and click on shop, then you'll have a checkout experience, but that will send, you know, an order to some fulfillment partner who will just like ship it straight to you. I did not go to New Jersey to meet, you know, the pottery master who created these mugs and then like stamped my logo on them. It's like a really like beautiful 
uh, almost an origin story or craftsman story. And I, I feel like you don't really hear that anymore. Like the level of care and attention that you put into your the first product yeah. that you launched. Wow. Thank you, thank you. I love your mugs too. Your mugs are super cute, by the way. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but yeah, it was really great. You know, like at the time I was already living in Atlanta, so I flew back to New York, went, you know, uh, to New Jersey and, um, you know, they had this catalog where you can choose, you know, hardwares. We like handpicked hand hardware together as well. So it was just, yeah, it was a full process of like learning how to go from an idea to sample production to an actual production. Um, so I learned a lot. And you identified an opportunity as well. Let's not discount the value of that as well. You're like drive, riding the subway and you're like, you are fabulous, except for that crusty ass yoga mat you're carrying. <laughs> <laughs> Cover that up in some Italian leather. <laughs> New York, you know. Yes, yes. Okay, and obviously they sold well enough for you to keep the brand going. Um, mm -hmm. You said that was two years ago? Yeah, so I launched December 2020, and we're about to be 2020. Yeah, I'm about to be, yeah, so about um, almost two years, yeah, yeah close to two years. Um, and I also sold the bags to a few architects, so it also served as an architect bag for prints. And yeah, so that was, you know, that was an insight I got as I was, you know, exposing them to in front of people and like getting people's feedback. Um, so yeah, testing the market and figuring out what people want. <laughs> now, how did you go? from bag design, let's say, or maybe accessory design, uh, a very particular type of accessory design to clothing. Cause you'd almost think that you'd go, okay, well now I've got the bag, let me do the purse or the watch band or, or something like that. Like where did your, where did your mind take your brand yeah. after the bag? So when I launched the bag, I always knew this was a way for me to kind of, you know, start a brand. Um, I didn't want to do accessory design per se, um, but I knew that with, you know, if I make a piece of clothing, it's going to be hard to stand out at first because there's a lot of clothes out there and people making clothes. So I figured that, you know, like um, a non, an idea that hasn't been yet, so like not in this specific way, would kind of make me step, you know, stand out more so. Uh, but it was always with, um, you know, the idea of actually making clothes. Um, so Ralph Lauren actually did the same thing and like he launched his brand with ties. So we started by doing ties and now, you know, he's at the head of a multi-billion dollar company, uh, which I, you know, aspire to. I'm not saying I would get there, but I'm trying to get there. <laughs> um, and so yeah, the, the, the design of the bag was more a way of kind of getting my foot in the door and getting started. Um, hmm. And to answer the question, yeah, as, as shortly, quickly afterward, I uh, started making dresses and that's kind of what I, I like to do. Okay, so talk to me about your incredible dress experience. Um, I think you got to dress a celebrity and you were on French news. Yeah, um, so her name is Marilyn Nahas. Uh, she's uh, an American actress, but also uh, a citizenship with Lebanon and she speaks French um, and we got to meet in New York City about six, seven years ago. Um, at the time I was going to castings for modeling and she was trying to go into acting. Uh, so she had already been you know, performing on stage, but um, she was looking for representation. And so my agency at the time wasn't an agency yet. So I went for, the, for like a casting call when they were like recruiting new models. And they also had a side of the agency that was for actors. 
And so we were both waiting in the, you know, in the room to be seen. Um, and so we started chit-chatting and realized that we spoke French. And so exchange information, uh, we brought the subway afterward together as well. And next thing you know, she, you know, she, she made it, she made it into acting. She, uh, she became um, a character on Orange is the New Black on Netflix um, as part of season six, I believe, season seven, I don't remember. <laughs> um, and so we stayed friends through the years. Um, and one day, I guess we were talking on Instagram and we mentioned about how could it be to partner, you know, if she was to go to the film festival in Cannes. And I was like, well, we, we're going to make that happen. I want, you know, I want to dress you for that, for sure. And so uh, this past May was the 75th edition of Cannes Film Festival, um, which is 30 minutes away from where I grew up. So it was kind of really special for me to go back and, you know, be like, I grew up, you know, close to it and knowing all the stars were there and the red carpet and all the glamour and all those you know, beautiful dresses. And so it was like, a, you know, it was really exciting for me to like get to dress one of my friends um, for that specific event, really. Um, and then as far as the news, uh, so a journalist got in touch with me um, when I did Paris Fashion Week about a year and a half ago. Actually, no, it was, it was, no, it was last year. It was literally last year in October. Um, and so after Fashion Week, somebody reached out uh, from TV channel France 3, uh, which is like the third channel out of the six that we have the main channel. <laughs> yeah. um, like, uh, we would love to come and interview you in your studio. Uh, can we come in, you know, sometime soon? And I was like, thank you so much for the offer, but I'm actually based in the US. <laughs> so, um, and so their answer was, you know, if you ever come back to France in, in the near future for work, we'd love to get to, you know, to interview at that point. And so sure enough, you know, once I found out that we were going to the film festival, I reached back, I was like, hey, by the way, I don't know if that's something you'd be interested in, but um, I've been in Cannes for uh, dressing an actress and uh, these are my dates. And they're like, yes, we want to interview you. <laughs> that's amazing. So they wanted to interview you just for your brand and for your, your journey. Um, and you were like, well, let me deliver this really incredible story <laughs> or just right in your lap. <laughs> Cause it was a four part series. Right? It, was, uh, it was a mini series. So at first, um, the journalist calls me and is like, Hey, you know, like we can either go two ways. Like we can have an interview and it's going to be like a minute 30 on air and just, you know, show your work, uh, show what you're doing for this specific event, past work, fashion week, or I'm asking production for, a mini series where we get to kind of see it from the point of view of the dress. So the dress will be the you know the character, the main character, and we hear the story from the dress's perspective. Um, so the birth of the dress, the decision from the actress to wear that specific dress, that dress being you know jealous when the actress wears different other dresses. So it was a really cute idea. I was like, okay, like yeah, if you want to do that, that's that's a little bit overwhelming, but I'm also really for it. <laughs> um, but. Okay, you had already designed the dress by that point. No, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah, that's, that's what was like, um, they're like, well, we're going to have four episodes, you know, all of them about three to four minutes long, and it's going to be aired four different days during the film festival. So I was like, this is a lot of pressure. <laughs> and another obstacle was that Mary Lou at the time was in uh, Lebanon, and I was here in Atlanta. And, you know, we were going to meet in, in Cannes, so there was really little room for me to, like, you know, do the feelings on her. And, um, and so we actually did the feeling in front of cameras in Cannes. Um, 
So I I sent her a few sketches um, of you know the direction I thought I wanted to go in, and from her feedback, I kind of got you know redirected. Like she's like, I love this. I want to show some you know a little bit of a leg. I want to you know I want to feel empowered. And I was like, this is exactly what I need to hear from you. Like I need your feedback to kind of know what you have in mind. Um, and so it was kind of like a collaboration as far as like getting your ideas and what would she would feel comfortable in. And so just to be safe, I created three different outfits. Um, and um, we got to try them on and, you know, see which one she felt the best in. And she picked one out of the three. So we still got to shoot uh, the other two outfits and she got to wear them for after parties and other events while the film festival was taking place. But she picked one main, you know, main outfit for the events. So I want to ask you a little bit, um, maybe about that dress and your aesthetic to see if uh, the dress is your aesthetic or where it lives in there. Because uh, you mentioned empowerment and it seems like maybe for her empowerment has to do with showing skin. Cause you know, maybe she asked for some leg, you showed a lot of leg. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, so my design, I would say I do want to, empower is like the one, I feel like a lot of designers said that word and it's kind of like recurring, but it's really what comes to my mind. Like I really want somebody to wear my clothes and feel like, okay, I feel really amazing in this. I feel like really like I can take over the world and like I can walk confidently into a room. I can, you know, I want that energy. I want people to feel really amazing about their, the way their body, you know, like you don't have this, oh, am I looking okay? Or, you know, like you just feel great about yourself and that, that changes, you know, the way people perceive you, but also your interaction with them because you feel so secure, then you, you give another aspect of yourself. And I think as an actress, you know, on your first uh, festival, that's important to feel this way. Like you want to <laughs> you show confidence and you want to be like, you know, like I'm, I'm part of this um, crowd of people. I'm as talented as they are and I deserve to be here. So it was really important for me to, for her to feel empowered. Um, but well, yeah, when it comes to my design of an empowering, I. I do like mixing, um, it's almost like, I don't want to say art, but like it's almost, sometimes it's not really wearable on a daily basis. Like it's, you know, it's pushing it to really, like you would wear that at a, an event or a red carpet event on the runway, uh, but riding the subway with it, maybe maybe not comfortable, you know, maybe not the best option. Um, yeah. And um, I like, you know, old Hollywood. I, I like that feeling of, glam and you know like shiny and uh elegance so that's kind of what i'm striving for i've also seen you use like this golden color that you kind of have going on in the background right now i don't know it's actual color <laughs> yes yeah. yeah, so that is like uh, old gold yeah it's like a place that's vintage it's a tiny little piece i'm trying to do like something with it <laughs> do you find that um that old hollywood glamour and that sense of empowerment like is it tough for you to make those work together or is the sense here's the thing the the empowerment is going to be like on an individual by individual basis whereas that first design the bag you made is like a standard like ready to carry piece that really stands out in its color and its texture which itself makes someone feel empowered and so I just wonder, like, is that fun for you? Is that, do you just like love doing that? You know what I mean? Is yeah. That, that's I, the process. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. So I think, no, I think I'm having a, 
I think it's, it comes fairly easily to me to like mix, you know, the whole Hollywood and environments. Um, I guess it's a modern twist on on Hollywood. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love I love when somebody puts on something and they're like, okay, like I love the way I feel. I feel comfortable. I feel good. That's like the best reward. Like that's kind of like what I'm. That's I'm not really satisfied until I see that reaction. Um, I love the clothes and somebody, you know, is pretty in them, great. But like I want them to say, wow, like I feel like amazing, like never before. <laughs> That's the goal. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Well, uh, everyone, if you want to feel amazing and empowered, call Yvonne. (laughs) Especially if you're a woman. I should double check. I should circle back. Is the the goal the same when you're uh, designing for men? Um, Yes. So in my last design for a man, I wanted him to feel really comfortable. Um, because he was on his first, you know, U.S. tour for his um, singing show and opening night in L.A. Um, I didn't want him to be, you know, hot or, you know, sweating on stage. Oh, sure. But that in mind, I was like, you know, what would make him feel comfortable, but still like, you know, where he's uh, presenting himself in a way that will make him feel secure and, you know, empowered. (laughs) Yeah. And I know, you know, there's a lot of talk around, uh, you know, gender neutral clothing as well. And I want to go that way as well. Like I think, you know, clothes, I, I mentioned women and men a lot during the podcast, mm. uh, but I think clothes should be for everybody. Um, so just wanted to put that out there as well. Gender full uh, design yeah. is what Lucas so referenced in a previous episode. And I think that's available for everyone to just take. I'm pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, fabulous. Well, let's take a quick coffee break. uh, And then I want to go through an exercise where we talk about how you're going to get from um, where your business is now to uh, that Ralph Lauren status. (laughs) (laughs) Be right back. Okay, welcome back to Bottomless Coffee Podcast. I'm your host, Jerome, and we are here with Yvonne Oops, say your last name. Philipsa. <laughs> Philipsa. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I grew up in it in Atlanta, so I can do a Southern twang. Philip Zach. Yvonne Philip Zach. Y V A N N F I L I P Z C P C Z A K. Dot com, <laughs> and also at that on Instagram. Uh, the business has been rebranded. I think it's just Yvonne now. Yeah. Just Yvonne. <laughs> tell us where your business is now. And then I want to talk about how uh, it's going to look 10 years from now. Awesome. So now, yeah, I'm doing mainly, um, you know, custom orders. Um, so this past weekend, I met up with one of my friends was getting married in the next two years and she asked me to make her dress. So I was like, are you sure? Like, are you a thousand percent sure? Because <laughs> this is like, a, you know, this is a lot to ask. Uh, and she's like, on board. So we started like, you know, talking about designs and colors and um, fabrics. But um, yeah, so I do custom pieces um, and also get orders for the bags. Um, working on getting more point of sales in the US. Uh, but my main focus has been kind of like directed towards making clothes and which tv show is this friend um on so that I'm one i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> unless i'm not kidding and she really is so, 
was, was also a really impressive person. Like I, I, all the people that I've been designing for so far have crazy stories or lives. And um, she graduated from uh, West Point, like in you know like the top school, military school in the US. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like she's a big deal. Like so, I was like, are you sure? Like this is like, are you gonna beat me up if I don't get that right? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> no, she's really you know she's peaceful with friends. But um, yeah, it's um. It's been mainly like custom orders from from people in my network or people that know my network and somehow get to connect with me. Okay. So there's no way you could have been prepared for this because I have not released this podcast episode yet. But I uh, had a conversation with a person who owns their own business and they went to a business coach because they felt that their business had been stagnant. And the exercise that really spoke to them was imagining what their business would be like in 10 years if they did everything right, if they got to where their goal was. And then like you today and you and you in 10 years, you meet and you talk through those steps you took to get to your goal. So you don't have to directly explain how you're gonna have a billion dollar empire um, by 2033. <laughs> but when we went through that exercise uh, on the podcast on my end, I was like, oh, I know a couple of things that I need to do in order to be successful. And so uh, what are a couple of things that you think you need to do in order to grow your business? Um, so one of the main ones would be my actual location. So Atlanta is a great city and there's a lot going on here. Like the movie industry is moving and um, it's, it's, it's like booming as a, as a whole. Um, but as far as fashion, it's still not one of the fashion capital in the world. You know, we have Paris and New York and London, Milan, um, New York City and LA would be the one in the US. And I've been in New York for four years. I could move back to New York to kind of, you know, be in the right place to kind of promote my brand in a better way and um, meet the right people and kind of, you know, make those connections that will take you to where you need to get to. Um, LA would be also an option, you know, like Will Ramsey is there and he's doing really great. So I know that's an also another option. Um, so I think one of the steps I have to take is eventually come, you know, some, go somewhere else than Atlanta. Um, and then I can always move back later to Atlanta because I love it here. But that would be one of the steps I think I have to take. Okay. Um, what else would be really helpful to get to be gone 10 years? Um, I'm thinking about more school as well, to be honest. Like, I have some skills, you know, to, to make dresses come to life. But when it comes down to tailoring, pattern making, there's so much left to learn. Um, and a lot of designers, you know, like, design and have seamstresses and pattern makers for them to do the actual, you know, construction of the clothing. Um, I do want to get to the point where I can have a team of people and I'm just like, here's my vision, please make it come to life. And like, you know, fix this place. Like, this is not the way I want it. <laughs> but until I get to that point where I can afford to have a team, um, I want to have the skills on my own, kind of like be able to make my vision come to life on my own. Um, so I think, yeah, more school, different city. Those are two of the big steps I have to take. So some of what I'm hearing, uh, I actually have seen um, other people do. Mm-hmm. They can, you can maintain a business presence mm-hmm. in more than one place. Um, so you can absolutely travel around like you've been doing to do your custom work. Um, I think you just have to update your website to say LA 
in Atlanta. I think there's no, <laughs> they don't send anyone around to check, you know? You know? <laughs> there is that in New York, Atlanta. <laughs> I think all that's required is your willingness to travel to those places to do the work. Uh, but, you know, if your heart is pulling you to the West Coast, obviously uh, follow your instincts because your instincts have brought you to where you are now, which is a lot farther than a lot of people have gone to. <laughs> and then secondly, um, what I feel like you're talking about when it comes to sewing and pattern making, what have you, is professional development. And uh, you and I, were entrepreneurial and we're gonna be lifelong learners. We're always, always, always going to be trying to learn more about that next thing that could help. Um, and even when you have a team, like people quit, people get sick, people have children, like you and you won't be able to stop your business um, because of that. You'll need to be able to step in to do any particular part. So your head is in the right place. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's good to that for sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when are you moving? <laughs> That's the, that's the next thing you have to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> uh, Yvonne, this has been wonderful. Thank you for spending some time with little old me. You know, <laughs> not that I bugged you about it for six months. Right? <laughs> yeah, thank you for being patient. <laughs> you know what? It was worth the wait. And so I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Is there anything that you would like to share with our audience and the world before I let you go? Uh, yeah, so if you have any custom pieces, you know, order that you'd like to um, send my way, I'd be happy to work with anyone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, oh, what could he design for me? <laughs> I can see it coming soon. I can see something, a partnership soon in the future. <laughs> And you know me, I'm like, I couldn't find a red carpet event, so I created one. And <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, might, might do that. <laughs> that sounds like a fun plan. Yeah, well, thank you, Yvonne. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. One, one more time, you can learn more about Yvonne at Y-V-A-N-N-F-I-L-I-P-C. C Z A K dot com or at Yvonne Flipsock on Instagram. Did I get that right? Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please subscribe and give us all five, ten, seventy-six stars if you like this episode. And you can stream more episodes of our podcast and our TV show at bottomlesscoffeeshow.com. See you next time, everybody. Woo!